Hello, Doug. Yo, what's going on? Woo! Hello, Karen, and hello, listeners. Wishing you all well. I mean, we're at the midpoint of the year. The middle of 2022. I uh, more than once thought we would never see this day. You know, I have. To, I was saying this earlier today to some of my coworkers. I was like, where the fuck did, like, how, how did we end up in June? Like, how did we end up in July? Like, where did June go? Yeah, we've, that's funny. We've spent half of June talking about how we feel like we're already in July. Yeah. I mean, as far as I'm concerned, summer's already over. Yeah, I was thinking about all the things I wanted to do this summer that I guess we're not going to get to do, which is ridiculous and neurotic, I know. But it's like, yeah. But also, some of the things I wanted to do, like, well, wanted to go to the beach. We went once to Coney Island and it ended up being a freezing day. But Coney Island has only been open for like four weekends. We wanted to do like this food festival. It's only been open for two weeks. We wanted to do something else. What else was on my list? Something that also like just started, just opened up, something like that. Um, And yet I feel like it's time to say goodbye. Yeah, I feel like I'm never like, first of all, okay, so my July is already like packed. Like I can't fit anything else in. I believe that. Yeah. And so now I'm like, okay, looking at August and but but still, it's it just you know by the time you get to August, it kind of like it feels August like really fall. feels like the end. I mean, when you yeah. start saying August, yeah, and on you know, and I mean, it doesn't help that like you know I'm working on a monthly magazine schedule, so it's like you know mm-hmm. I'm, we're already mm-hmm. planning Christmas. Yep, I'm yep I'm in charge of an editorial calendar for the day job, so I'm already like two months out or three months out or six yeah. months out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I'm in Christmas. Like I had a conversation with somebody yesterday about holiday, holiday. Right? So, you know, so, so I think that doesn't help like, when you're on that, that like weird, like, you know, it messes, yeah, weird, that wavelength yeah. messes with your sense of time. Oh, totally. Planning ahead sucks if you want to be in the moment. Yeah, it really does. You know, cause I'm already like over here thinking about Christmas and fall and, you know, <laughs> I wanna, we're going to write about apple cider donuts, you know, <laughs> like, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, mm, I moved on from some. fresh berries straight to apple cider donuts. They're delicious. I know. I remember when we talked about them. Oh, now that's all I want. I'm sorry. Um, so we watched Melrose Place this week, so you wouldn't have to. Yeah, basically. Although I will say this. Like this week a little bit better. Really? I did. Okay, how come? Well, uh I guess I'll go into it more by the time we get to the end, but some of the obnoxious storylines we've been dealing with kind of came to an end. So I was glad for that. Well, that is true. That is true. Um, um, and some of the things they've been dangling, um, they stopped dangling. Okay. So, so yeah. So I was, I was, I was, uh, was a bit happier. Okay. I mean, it's sort of weird to, to see these storylines kind of wrap up knowing that the season is going to be ending soon. It's kind of like, you know, summer's coming to a close and <laughs> wondering like, Oh shit, what are they going to do next? Yeah. And remember we're talking about uh, whatever comes next is how they're going to wrap up the series. Like whatever mm-hmm. the next storyline is, is the final push. Like this is it. But we still have maybe 13 episodes to go. So there's still a bit of pushing to go. Yeah. Shall Which leads start? us. Yeah. Season seven, episode 22, a fistful of secrets. And there are a lot of secrets on this one. 
Yeah, there are. Although one secret is divulged. Uh, at least one. I at guess least one. One, yeah, at least one. Yeah. Okay. yeah, I think. I think we have more than one, which I guess leads us to the very beginning of the episode. We open In on other the courtyard. Words, there was a lot of truth telling. Well, yeah. <laughs> Sorta. 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 Um. Which okay, I have something else to say about that, but we'll get to that. Okay. But we open we open up on the courtyard, and Eve is walking in, and we see Peter pouting outside. So I guess this is the morning after Kyle has finally told Peter about Eve's secret, um, and I guess she's been out all night looking for him, um, and he's been drinking. And the first thing he says when he sees her is, "So you killed someone." To which I actually said out loud, well, you tried to kill someone, you yeah, know, no, you, don't, you, don't like, you don't like that uh, your your wife, who you married two seconds after meeting her, has a past, which includes paying her dues with a prison sentence. But I bet you've never opened up and told her that, uh, you know, you had Amanda Woodward about to be cut open on an operating room table. I bet he's never told her about his first wife, Beth. Oh, I bet she doesn't know about. But so, knows about so who's the real secret keeper? Mm-hmm. So he's yelling at her, and he's being a jerk. And it's early in the morning, so then Amanda comes down to tell them to keep it down. Uh, and then Peter starts brooding and yelling at Amanda. Um, Eve explains to Amanda that Kyle told him because Amanda kind of doesn't get why Peter is being a jerk, or that she might actually have just put herself in the middle of a fight that she has a role in until she hears this, and then. Peter is like, had it, and he walks away. And then Eve unleashes herself on Amanda um, and blames Amanda for always butting in and essentially ruining her life. And she storms off. And like, so now Amanda gets it. They're like, oh, they're mad at her. And they're like blaming her for, you know, Eve is mad at Amanda because, well, Amanda was there when they pushed Ken or Kent, whatever his name was, off the bleachers. But, uh, but Peter is mad because, you know, Amanda knew something and she didn't tell him, but she's the one who brought Eve into his world. Can I just say, I thought it was very unfair of them to pin this all on her. Oh, if I didn't make that explicit, yeah, that's how I feel too. Okay. It's I very like, childlike. I yes. was that, that that's not fair. No, it's ridiculous. It is. Just saying. Um and that's our cold open, and then we come back, and Amanda storms into Kyle's office at the bar um, and sees him passed out, and there's an open bottle. I thought it was an open bottle. Maybe not, but there's a bottle of red wine, um, uh, and she takes it, and she chucks it at the wall, um, and she yells at him because he spilled the beans to Peter, uh, and she just asks him flat out if he wants a divorce, and they're like kind of going to get to something a little deeper because she says whatever he wants she'll do but she wants more she needs more questions answered um but that's when that awful guy from the new york band shows up and <laughs> she just kind of shakes her head and walks away which is kind of what i felt like doing when uh when i saw him um so front loaded with a lot of uh grievances peter at eve eve at amanda amanda at kyle and then we move on uh <laughs> seven seasons too late they're doing sexual harassment training yeah. <laughs> at, at uh, Wilshire Memorial um, and and uh, of all the people to push back on it's not Michael but Peter who speaks up um, 
because basically what they're they're encouraging those in the management role to spy on their employees to report any signs of misconduct and peter says that's it forget it i'm not going to do that and that's kind of like the end of the training everyone just like yeah I'm, i've had it i'm not going to i'm not going to do that and uh there's this funny moment where Someone says to Dr. Visconti that, hey, you're on a watch list because you're of all the interns you've been dating, which we've never seen. <laughs> Dr. Visconti is a bit of a player. Uh, or he tries to be. Um, and then and then Michael, of course, is like, stay away from the interns and go for the candy stripers. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah, that would not fly these days. No, I mean, none of this really would no. fly. But, um, uh, oh, by the way, so sidebar. Um, I recently read a memoir by Sharon Gless, Cagney oh, of Cagney and Cagney, Lacey. Yes. Oh, I, love, I love Cagney and Lacey, the show. Loved her on Queer as Folk. I think she's amazing, which is why I read her memoir. And it's pretty good. You know, she has a lot of connections to old Hollywood because her family was sort of connected. So she has a lot of old star encounters and then has continued to have this great career. Uh, won't take any argument. Cagney and Lacey is one of the best shows of all time. But she mentions that she did a show in the early 80s and one of her friends was a fellow actor named Mark L. Taylor. That's the actor who plays Dr. Visconti. Oh. Wow. And there's a there's a moment where he had like come to visit her on the set of Cagney and Lacey. I think it's in the first season and makes some funny joke about something that some terrible critic had written. So I get the feeling that they probably have stayed friends all this time. Oh, I like that. Um, so yeah. And just in general, praise to Mark L. Taylor, who's really been like an undersung MVP for the last two or two and a half seasons. I think. I think he's been great. Yeah, um, I do. He, he's been. I mean, it's been. He gets it. I'll say this. Yeah, he totally yeah, gets what this show yeah. is. I mean, he's been he's been super fun to watch, and and kind of. I mean, kind of an interesting. He seemed like he was going to be such a throwaway character, and then they kept him. I love that they kept using him. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, yeah. and, it just, and that I thought was like really kind of fun and funny because he is a great character and he's doing a great job with it. And I kind of really dug that they were like, "You're on the list with the intern." Yeah, I did too. And I, I thought like, that was okay, hilarious. Kind of funny. Yeah. Anyway, I mean, because because I think one of the things that this Melrose Place lacks is like fun sidekicks. Yeah. Because yeah, there, there are no sidekicks. Everybody is the star. No, right? and everyone, you know, with their current storylines, they're just so transient. You know, it's like, oh, you worked at this ad agency? Come work at mine. Oh, you worked as a call girl? Come be an executive now. Like, it does, right. like no one really has, like, his roots. And having uh, Dr. Visconti just gives a little bit more rootedness to both Peter and Michael. Also, he plays off of them so well. Yeah, he does. Um. So this is also an opportunity for Michael to try and come clean about taking the money from the Children's Foundation. And he almost does, but then he doesn't. By the way, Peter has said that he's taking some time off. He's going to be going upstate. Um, and that's when P uh, Michael is trying to do this whole coming clean thing, but it doesn't happen. And he accidentally bumps into this new nurse that we've not met until this episode, N Nurse Audrey. Um, and then the moment is kind of gone, so so Michael can't come clean. And I have to come clean about something myself. Which is? The actress who plays Nurse Audrey, her name is Stephanie Cameron. And she was on Days of Our Lives for a couple of years in the mid-90s before she came to, like, did this guest spot. Mm -hmm. She was part of one of the big super couples on the show, Jack and Jennifer, but she was the big first replacement for Jennifer. And the 
I don't think first, but maybe second replacement for Jack. And the two acted alongside each other, like 97, 98, is the guy who played Alex Bastian earlier this season. So it's almost like we could do six degrees of Melrose Place. Yeah. Like, I think we probably could. Right? Like, they, like it just seems like there are so many... They all come in and they out all of the larger in. world. All, yeah. yeah, like, it's so it's sort of super weird how, how many yeah, actors you know, have rotated in, you know? Actually, I bet I could. That's a pretty good game to try and stump me with. That would be a good drinking game. So, yeah, we should we should do, like, when we do the finale, we should actually do it drunk. Oh, my God, that would be hilarious. I might have to do that on a weekend, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> um Oh, but I haven't come clean. The actual oh. thing about Stephanie Cameron is, since I saw her on daytime, so now like 24, 25 years, I thought I read this somewhere that she is one of the siblings of Kirk and Candace Cameron. Really? But she's not. Oh. Because I told Alyssa, who loves Candace, I was like, she is, I think, an older sister of Kirk and Candace Cameron. And she was like, oh, she is. And then she looked them up and she's like, well... They have two sisters, but neither of them is her. And I was like, oh. I don't know where it came from that I thought this. Well, it's probably better that she's not related. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, yeah. Or maybe she scrubbed the less, internet. Less siblings for Stephanie Cameron to apologize for. <laughs> she scrubbed the internet of their Yeah, right? Yeah, it could be, yeah. <laughs> um, so, meanwhile, Nurse Audrey is going to have some stuff to... Uh, well, accuse we'll and then maybe later her. apologize. We'll for get it. back we'll, to that. We, uh, we'll get to that. Um, you forgot the most important part of the scene. Oh, what did I skip over? It, don't yeah. say it's a Nurse Amy thing. No, 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 not yet. Um, that wasn't the Nurse Amy thing. Peter made um, Michael chief of staff while he was gone. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, you know, I'm going he said state, that, your chief of staff. <laughs> you know, he said that. And I was like, oh, wait, Michael is chief of staff again. I guess I missed that. And so is Peter chief resident? Does he have a different title? No, he just made him his acting chief of staff while he had to go upstate. Yeah, for like the three days yeah. he's going to be upstate. It was hilarious. Oh, okay. I guess that clears something up for me later in the episode then. Oh, good. So I'm glad you. I was useful this time. Yeah. No, this is why we got to do this together. I know. So then we go to a really profound storyline, which is uh, Megan continuing to audition men for Lexi. Um, she tells Lexi that the dating thing isn't working, and and then she's getting real deep, and she wants to know why Lexi is afraid of meeting these guys. And Lexi has this like half-baked speech about how she's tired of coming in second place, and blah, blah, blah. And then she says to Megan, I bet you don't even know what that is. And Megan kind of looks at her like, can't say that I do, which is like, calm down. Um, so then Lexi asks for her to keep doing this. She's like, I need more time. The whole thing is getting dumber. But it's mm-hmm. also kind of coming to a head. So there's that. Well, I'm kind of glad that Megan brought up, like, why am I even doing this? Yeah, that she actually questioned the rationality. Yeah, yeah, like, she was like, they need to meet you to know if they're, like, you know, the right match. Like, they don't need to meet me. I'm not the one dating them. And I was like, well, thank God somebody said it. Yeah, I'm surprised they even put it out there. I know, right? They, they were probably like, la, 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 maybe no one will notice. La, la, la. <laughs> <laughs> You're just going to keep doing this. <laughs> and, okay, so we're back at the hospital. And Nurse Audrey is flirting with Michael. Um, 
And I guess, you know, she's saying like, I love the way you handled the burn patient or something like that. And Nurse Amy to, you know, tells him to keep his eyes back where they belong. And that's when Jane arrives. Um, And then they have this mini conversation about harassment and how, you know, that's what Alex Bastian did to her. Now, what Alex Bastian did to her goes beyond harassment. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, that was he, was, else. he was a client, and he had a personal thing for her, and he was really like uh, stalking her. You know, like it went way beyond harassment. However, this whole series is sexual harassment. I mean, every episode <laughs> is sexual harassment in some form. I know. I love how we're addressing it now. Um, but yeah. So then we go upstate, and Peter is in a library looking up microfiche files to, to find out the history of Eve. Um, the librarian comes over, and she tells him a bit more about, you know, the handsome rich boyfriend. Um, and she talks about the family, and, and you know, the, they still live at that house. And he goes, could you give me the address? And she goes, oh, no. And we're closing. I have to go. Um, but which that's I guess, deal. Which I guess teases up that like the whole family still has a like a kung fu grip mm-hmm. on this town but i uh take mm-hmm. issue at something else and it's going to keep coming up in the episode they keep saying that eve murdered ken and that's not exactly the word i would use to describe how he happened how it happened like he died it was an accidental death you could even say like you know <clears throat> yeah, she killed him by accident or what, like saying she murdered him, and then later they even go on to describe it as though it was some sort of conspiracy. Like that's not what this is. No, it's not what this is. But that didn't bother me because I could see the family saying that that's what it was. But the, when the librarian says that, like that's not exactly like, uh, I don't know. I'm trying to think of a salacious, fairly modern thing, like on the staircase. Or, you know, I was going to say Pam Smart, which is like 30 years old. I didn't even know why I first went there. But, um, you know, like, John Bonet is murder. But mm-hmm. but this is something different. But anyway, yes, anyway. It's, not worth, it's not really worth going yeah. to. Okay. I like, my favorite part of this was the, the biggest house in town. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, it yeah. was, so, like, all I could picture yeah. is it's, like, on top of a mountain, the creepy house looking over, like, the valley of its people. Totally. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Like it with a moat around it, you know, because it was like, you know, like I almost pictured um, the, in Edward Scissorhands, the Vincent Price house oh. where he was, where he worked and like created Edward Scissorhands kind of top of the hill there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's the biggest house in town and it's like, wait, what? But yeah. So yeah. So p- put a pin in that. Yes. Cause we go back and to it- Megan. And and she comes back to the apartment now with this guy that she like brings into the courtyard, some kind of like frosted blonde looking D bag. And of course Ryan is coming into the courtyard to think he was working on his car. So he, he sees her, he has like walked her to the door and she was wearing his leather jacket home, so she like walked all the way with him and then gave him the jacket and he turned around and left. But to Ryan, it kind of looks like she's flirting with him, and and then she he comes over to her, so she invites him up to his uh, to her apartment for some wine, and she's like, "Yeah, and we can take a shower together." And she goes in first, and before he can, he sees a letter saying that she has successfully obtained a one eight hundred number. 
<laughs> so he's getting very mixed messages. Uh, all these clues seem to keep coming about. So while she's in the shower, he calls the number and he hears her actual message, which seems even, you know, more guilty. Um, so now all signs point to her hooking again. So he shouts an excuse to her about how he has to go do some work. Um, and like he says, he was paged, I think, uh, so he can leave. Yeah. Um, and then we get one of the big scenes. So Peter has found the big house in town and um, uh, already drunk matriarch opens the door. And Peter has like a whole line rehearsed about how he wasn't invited, but he is a doctor and she doesn't let him finish. Uh, I guess at this party, they have invited whoever like the doctor at the local hospital like is. So she lets him in and he's walking around and he sees this big portrait of Ken, the dead son. But it's like if Ken was 50. I know, right? Ken looked like he was 50 years old. I mean, like if it looked almost like it was a portrait of Thomas Calabro. Like this did not like a 17 year old. Um, and then and then the father walks over. And the father, I also know because he was one of the big patriarchal characters on Young and the Restless and just died in the last couple of years. Jerry Douglas is his name. Um, he comes over and starts asking him questions and then Peter kind of clears up that, uh, yeah, I'm a doctor, but I don't work at this hospital here. And because Jerry Douglas, uh, whatever the dad's name is, says, uh, yeah, I met the doctor at the hospital, the new doctor at the hospital, and this isn't him. So then Peter finally makes a grand announcement for all to hear about who he is and, and he gets thrown out. Like, literally, he starts walking out after he says that he's Eve's husband and they're like, you're not welcome here. She murdered him. She wanted him for all of his money. And, um, and then they have like another friend of theirs, you know, like acts essentially as a bouncer and literally kicks Peter out when he's already outside to the ground. It was the sheriff. Yeah. As we'll yeah. learn. I don't think we know that then. No, we did. Right. Yeah, oh, we, did. we already say he's was, the sheriff. Yeah. Cause he was in his sheriff outfit too. Oh, he was? Yeah, oh, okay. he was. Yeah, I, th I think he was. But he, but they did announce that he was the sheriff. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, but, you know, oh, and Peter says, like, I still have questions and uh, I want the truth. So the truth that he doesn't know is kind of what we already do, but he'll get there. Um, okay, so we're back in L.A. Jane is, uh, they remember that Michael and Jane only have one car now because the Ferrari has been impounded. Um they're not really summing up anything else. And Michael still hasn't told Jane that they don't have money. Well, um, yeah, well, but they, but through the episode, this, this kind of confused me because through the episode, like Michael kept talking about how broke they were. And then like at one point he was, he said to Jane, let's go out to dinner. And she was like, we can't, we're broke. And he's like, we'll put it on a credit card. And she said, yeah, we, then we have to pay it off. So like there seems to, they, they seem to still think that they're broke, but I don't know. Does she know that he lost, like the car is not coming the, back or my, my thing is, I think she thinks they still have no money or not a lot of money because of the divorce. There's no way he has told her about the investment, but I don't know how else he would have explained the car. Right. But I feel like the investment thing is so big. We have to see him tell her or else they really just don't give a shit about Jane at all again. Which is also possible. Which is totally possible. But I guess we'll find out. But yeah, it is it is confusing and it is unclear. And I yeah, I just don't think they care. Um 
And so Jane is has had this conversation walking in the hospital with Michael, and then she's leaving and she's waiting for the elevator, and she sees Michael talking to Nurse Audrey, and she sees like Nurse Audrey very familiarly going into like reaching into Michael's jacket pocket for a pen. Um and we all sort of see that nothing good is gonna happen here. Yeah. Yeah. A little foreboding. Absolutely. So, okay, we're we're in Peter's motel room in whatever town he's in. I don't even know if they've named the town that Eve and Amanda were from. Um, and someone knocks at the door. It's someone else that we kind of saw in the background at the party, but he was quiet and didn't wasn't party to throwing him out. Um, he says he was a friend of Eve and comes in. He says he played football with Ken and um, Ken had apparently bragged to all the men that Amanda was really hot and he was going to nail her. Um, and so, like, this was actually premeditated, what happened on uh, the bleachers. Uh, and he provides more context that he knew and he gave this statement to some people, but his parents both worked for Ken's parents. The DeMars, I think, is their last name. Um, and so the parents told him to shut it down because it affected their livelihoods. And so he did. He said, please tell Eve, I'm so sorry. So, okay, we get a little bit more of what was going on. It's all dumb, but whatever. Um, back in LA again, Megan knocks on Ryan's door and wants to know what's up. And he's kind of vague, um, uh, about everything. And then... So, so we're upstairs because Ryan's apartment is where Kyle is also crashing. So before Megan and Ryan can really figure out what their issue is, because Megan doesn't know what Ryan knows, um, the Kyle's band guy shows up uh, and gives him a package for Kyle. So, so that's where mm-hmm. that scene is. Um, and then we go back upstate again. Uh, Peter is revisiting the bleachers and we see the shadow of someone approaching behind him and it's Eve. Uh, by the way, I'm willing to believe that she and Amanda have not continued making their monthly visits up to the town so she can visit her grandmother. Probably not. Although maybe that's where she was going and she decided to swing by the football <laughs> I mean, field to see what was going on. Cause how did okay, she know where Peter was? I, you know, could be, but Amanda wasn't with her either way. No. But uh, yes. But she's mad at Amanda, uh, so. But that's true too. Um, yeah, but she knew exactly how to find him, how to find him, and uh, I used to know how to use grammar. Um, so, <laughs> so, so Peter is like, I'm trying to find out more about who you were, and she's like, so am I, or something like that. She asks what he believes, and then right, right, then the cop cars drive up right onto the field. And so it's the sheriff and Ken's dad and then a bunch of cops. Um, and they're being accused with trespassing, which I guess. And Peter then holds his own against all of them and really defends Eve's honor and shouts out the truth about Ken. And the cops can't do anything about it, so they walk off. Um, you know, Peter is basically like, I'm not afraid of your small town money. Uh, so it was nice. It was nice because... We've spent half a season or whatever it is with Eve being like, we can't tell Peter. What happens if Peter finds out? Oh, no, I have this secret. I must keep my secret from Peter. Within two segments, Peter has found out and really kind of forgiven her and defended her. So, great. 
Um, now we can move on. Now, hopefully, Maybe. we can move on. Um, so Kyle comes back home to Ryan's, and Ryan is home and throws the package of drugs uh, at Kyle. I mean, the package is still wrapped up, but you know, and I know, and he knows it's drugs. Um, and Kyle is already looking really strung out. He's wearing, the, you know, like this this oversized leather jacket, and they've got all sorts of like black eye makeup around him. It just looks terrible. Um, and, and Kyle is fighting with Ryan, and and then Kyle does the unexpected. He goes into the bathroom and flushes the pills down the toilet. Yeah. So looks like there's a way out for Kyle too, which is potentially nice. Um, I would say I would have gone to commercial on the Peter storyline, not the Kyle storyline, because I think that's more interesting at this point. I would agree. Um, okay. So there's a big announcement that I didn't realize was coming, and maybe I missed out on that earlier. But they're apparently going to announce at Wilshire Memorial who the new floor nurse is. No, they just made that up. We didn't know about that. Okay. Just checking. Um, and to my surprise, it, the floor nurse wasn't already Nurse Amy. But now the floor now nurse is Nurse Amy. Yay for Nurse Amy. But Nurse Audrey, who's been there for two seconds, really thought she was going to be named Floor Nurse. So she publicly slaps him and calls him a bastard and storms off. Peter, by the way, is now back in town and sees this. So he asks Michael what happened. (laughs) And Michael's like, nothing. I don't know what she's crazy about. And then Peter catches up to Audrey in the elevator. And she said that Michael made promises to her. She vaguely says, he promised me the world. Um... All right, so uh, we still see where this is going. Um, meanwhile, Ryan comes to Lexi's office and asks if Megan is around. And uh, Megan is not around, but nonetheless, Lexi has ordered Chinese food for about four people. So she's got all these cartons, <laughs> and she's like, she offers, you know, she offers them some. Why does she have so much? I don't know. Um, I was like, I would love some. She had like so good. I love, love, love Chinese food. You know, she's like, well, have a mushu. And it's like, were you just feeding yourself? Um, and he basically, so he's like, sure, thanks. And, and uh, tells her all of his fears uh, about the relationship. He's like, yeah, we're having, a, the, uh, the sex is bad because we're not having it. And he says, you know, he shares his concerns that she might be hooking again. Um to which Lexi goes, we have a strict policy, no moonlighting. And I'm like, does that mean you can't make other income? Or does that mean you have a strict no hooking policy if you're an employee at Sterling Conway? I want to know. I think she meant no moonlighting at all, whether you're hooking or working at CVS. Could be. Us freelance writers would not be able to work there. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, so then they they just share the Chinese food. Um, so did Michael you get com- like okay, can I just ask? Did you get like vibes in that scene that she is going to try and come between? Because I'm like they're dropping some big hints every time that Ryan has asked Lexi what's up with Megan. I've gotten the vibe that we're that we're recreating this triangle that Lexi is going to now be the wedge in the newly formed relationship between Ryan and Megan. So yeah, yeah, I got, I got those vibes last week. I think it was when he came to visit and Megan wasn't there and Lexi was like, no, there's no special project or whatever it is. And I'm getting it again for sure now. Right. 
Uh, we'll see if that actually adds up to anything. Um, meanwhile, Michael comes home to the courtyard and sees Peter and and he's like trying to like duck away from Peter, but Peter's like, I gotta talk to you about this. And he goes, There's there's no chance of her filing a sexual harassment suit, right? Um, and he says, she made it sound like she expected more than just words. Um, and he's like, Michael, if you end up on a watch list, I can't help you. Yeah. Um, and then Michael goes inside and Peter is still in the courtyard and Amanda shows up and, and she says something like, or I guess he lays into her again about Eve. Like he's not mad at Eve. He is mad at Amanda because he feels like she could have done more for Eve. And she goes, wow, it's just dump on Amanda month, huh? And it's, (laughs) she's not wrong. I mean, it is. She's not wrong. Um, so, you know, Peter blames her because she didn't do enough and she didn't share the blame with uh, Eve. I mean, she also didn't go to high school in California because we know she grew up in Miami, but here we are. Um, and, uh, you know, this scene really gives Peter an unfair advantage here because they let him be all pious. They end the scene and he's like, how, how do you really feel about everything that you got away with and Eve had to suffer for and he walks away and she's quiet. So she's contemplating he got to her and I don't think it's quite fair, but whatever. Um, And then Kyle drives to that plot of land where they were building their new dream house that they were going to move out to. Um, And Amanda is also there and it's a different Amanda than we've seen for the last couple episodes because she's no longer mad at, Kyle, she's had a change of heart. So she had the architect call Kyle to get her to get him there so he could be with her. And she she's asking him very kind of level-headedly, what are they going to do? She's like, you know, they talk about the house was off to a good start and she says our marriage was off to a good start too, I guess meaning the second one. Mm-hmm. Um you know, she's not accusatory and even she apologizes for not trusting him. She says she misses him. She says she wants him to come back home and for them to work it out. And he says, you haven't lost me. And so they embrace and it seems like they're actually back, which is cool because this storyline was ugly and Kyle was acting ugly and it would have been nice for them to just have some happiness for a bit. But I wish we had seen a bit more of, you know, like Amanda's mental pivot. Because as much as it's dump on Amanda month, it's really been an Amanda light episode. Yeah. Um, but here we are. Eve wakes up back at home at Melrose, and Peter is just sitting, fully dressed on the bed. He asks why he felt why she felt she couldn't be honest with him. And again, they've whitewashed his past because he's not been honest. I'm sure about anything he has done, which is all way worse than what Eve has done, which was not intentional. Um, And she said she just didn't want to lose him, and he says that she won't. So it looks like maybe we really are moving past all of this Ken stuff. Uh, Okay, so back to Ryan and Megan. He comes to her place and flat out asks if she is hooking again. So, like, we're really getting to stuff. I wonder if there was a mandate that, like, we had to wrap stuff up uh, up in this episode to move forward. But I don't really know. I can't remember what happens next week. So I don't know if it's going to be one step forward, two steps back or not. 
But he lays it all out, all of the clues, all of the signs that he saw, and she laughs. She thinks it's sad that he went there, but the evidence lies up, and he thought she was lying to him. And in the meantime, in saying all of this, he says that he loves her. And he says that he has since they were in the desert. And she says she loves him too. She explains the truth and how the guys she was dating were quote-unquote contestants. And this is where we get additional information. So that thing that said that Ryan was like a big match was because he had filled that Scantron thing out as a guinea pig. Right. I'm still not exactly sure how the whole thing worked or how she really sold it to him so blindly in the first place, but fine. Fine, fine, fine. Um, and then he asks why she did it. And her answer is, you made me believe that there is a perfect mate for everyone, which is cute and sweet. But also she did it because she's going to get her name on the company. <laughs> because she's going to be part owner. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because Lexi promised she'd make her a partner if she could find her a man. That's why you did it. <laughs> Ain't had nothing to do with him. But that's okay. We we make everything up on Melrose Place. Like we just revise history all the time. Yeah. So fine. Let her let her be pious. Fine. Um, then we cut to a meeting uh, at the hospital. Peter and Michael and uh, I guess the board of the Children's Foundation. And he's asking Michael how much money there is, and he's stalling, and says uh, he needs some time to figure it all out. That before he took it over, it was all a mess, and he's got to really organize it. But then Nurse. Audrey barges in, and again, Michael is now already looking a little suspect in this moment. Um, and and she says that he made promises, and it was quid pro quo, and that he asked for sex everywhere, even OR three. Um, <laughs> and then the show, which remember was airing, I want to say this is probably a sweeps episode, so I'm going to say this was February of '99. It's definitely the winter of '99, which is important because that's right when the Clinton impeachment trial was happening. Uh, because then he quotes Bill Clinton almost verbatim, and he goes, I never had sexual relations with that woman. Um, So they've basically transposed the Monica Lewinsky stuff onto Nurse Audrey. Um, But in a sense, Michael's past is catching up to him, because Peter says, even if she is lying, once they dig into your past, they will have to settle with her. So Peter says, I have no choice but to suspend you. So Michael, who has already lost all this money, is now suspended. So maybe at some point we can have a a scene where he tells Jane uh, some of this. It would be nice to watch that. Yeah. I don't think we're going to get that, though. I mean, we're probably not. We're just going to – Jane is too busy driving around. Mm -hmm. Um, Let me go back to Kyle's. And Eve is singing again. um, And she's doing like a ballad this time with the hair metal band. It just sounds kind of like the worst song of all time. Yeah, it really like, does. This is the kind of song that Creed heard and said no and looked away. <laughs> Creed, um, Creed turned it down. Yes. Yeah, Creed Creed turned this song down. So, um, this is, I guess Eve only does one song at a time because basically she finishes this um, and she goes over to Peter and um, and then she says she's going to go finish her like fix her lipstick. And that's when Lexi shows up and kind of playfully demands an apology from Peter. And he does say, well, at least I know that for once you were telling the truth because she said she had dirt on Eve. Uh, but he tells her he loves Eve and she says she has moved on and they shake and say no hard feelings. Which, are we really getting closure on all this? Might Lexi really be turning a new page? 
Nah, because she we'll, orders the sex on the beach. We'll see. Yeah, she orders the sex on the beach. Um, and then we go to Amanda and Kyle's apartment. So I guess they've they've brought back all of his stuff that he had moved on over to his brothers. Um, and uh, you know he's kind of unpacking, and it's kind of awkward. They don't know how to just be together right now uh she finally puts on some music and we slowly sort of fade out as they dance and try and find their way back to each other and it's kind of like a very sophisticated end for this show (laughs) but it looks like they're they're not out of the woods yet no they're not um more to come yeah um that was the episode yeah you know kind of an interesting way to end i mean i I found myself liking it because there were there was enough humor. Uh, the show wasn't taking itself too seriously, but the show was also kind of smart in this episode. It tied things up in ways that weren't uh, off-putting. It's like most of the characters made the the right mature decision, which is not what we get. I mean, we didn't really get it in the good old days, but the decisions were always hilarious. Um, these were like they didn't open up new cliffhangers. They didn't drag stuff out. They were mostly kind of how I would have responded. I think if I found myself in their positions. Yeah, I think that's a, I think that's a fair assessment, actually. Uh, I don't expect that <laughs> to ever happen again. Yeah, I think I think that's like uh, enjoy it while it lasts because I don't know if we're gonna get that again. Yeah, my guess is is probably not. But I truly don't know what we're in for next. I have no memory. <laughs> so, okay, I guess at least the last two episodes, I complained. I said, eh, the show was bad. I really was dreading watching it. This week, I mean, I was probably dreading watching it, but I'm, but I was pleasantly surprised by it. I had, I, I enjoyed this one. Um, I guess I. I mean, I didn't love it. I didn't like actively hate on it, but it was just, yeah. Here we go again. Yeah, yeah. They didn't give us anything clever, but. They sort of uh, poured some water on whatever fires they had. Yeah, and just, it was, again, but it, and it it was a relief to get some of these storylines wrapped up. Like the lying to Peter storyline was getting really old. Um, yeah, and and the thing was, I mean, it was never going to really bear any fruit, right? No matter how he reacted. And I think the same thing with Kyle and Amanda. Yeah, like the whole thing totally. is just stupid. Like I'm going to be a pill popping drinking mofo because i'm sterile instead of because i think i'm sterile instead of like telling my wife yep having said that 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 secret is still out there i know the secret's still there but i feel like we're getting past it yeah i feel like we have to address it yeah they're gonna have to but you know we're, we're at least it seems like they're moving that on instead of that constant sort of fight 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 yeah Yes, it was nice. It was nice to not have them, you know, hurl insults at each other again. Anyway, that's all I've got. That was the episode. Uh, So we'll be back to see what comes next. And are we pleasantly surprised or not? You'll find out. We'll find out. Let's go to Hollywood Boulevard. We're going to move back to the present time. So please follow us over. Um, In the meantime, stay well. Happy 4th of July for whatever we have left to celebrate. And um, yeah, feel free to uh, give us a five-star review on iTunes as well. We love those. Um, so guys, take care and we'll see you in July.